Warning, some members of this podcast have been known for gratuitous use of the F word. If the F word is something that offends you, fuck it, let's do this. Awesome. Hit the theme music, Doug. <laughs> Greetings to our bereaved brethren of the Buckeye Nation. <laughs> Gonna get a roll tide. Uh, <laughs> Yes, uh, welcome to another podcast, and if you are a Buckeye fan, um, if you're going to talk shit about a team, talk shit about a team that hasn't won five of the last ten national championships and has the Heisman Trophy winner. Try that next time. You wanted us? You got us. <laughs> that's all I have to say. That's and hell, now, I'm, now I'm done. That's a hell of an intro to our 34th, 34th episode. Wow, I'm stumbling <laughs> I'm, out of the I'm blocks. sorry, man. I had to do it. <laughs> and, uh, oh, it, it's totally warranted. Yeah, congratulations to the uh, baby elephants over there in uh, Tuscaloosa for winning a, a natty. Another one. And another one. <laughs> yeah, so that game was last Monday. Uh, we are recording... Recording on Sunday. So it's uh, been a week. January 17th. <laughs> so you've had a week to get used to the idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've waited a whole week to say that. So now that the college football season is in the books, it's done, 2020, COVID football, at least on the collegiate level, it's in the history books. Does, uh, does Alabama still get an asterisk? No. Oh. <laughs> you were changing your opinion on that, Doug. Yeah. No. Well, no. I will say, and I will say this. Now, if Ohio State had won, they would have got an asterisk because they didn't <laughs> play a whole season. Okay. But let the know, let the record be shown that that, uh, uh, that Doug in, is being a true fan of his team. Yes. I would have said the same. Absolutely. Shit. But I will say this. Ohio State, um, you tried. And that's I guess all I that's half the battle. Yes. You so showing up. So you know, uh, you did show up, and uh, yeah. No, they tried until the natty when they got completely fucked in the arse. They tried for about a quarter and a half. Yeah. In the natty, and then they said, "Oh yeah, we're not going to beat them." They just took our running back out. Quarterback has fucked up ribs. <laughs> And uh, this is also Alabama, fucking Bama. And we could be done. I, I would actually argue that that's the reason why they don't get the asterisks. Is there the average points scored this season against every team is astronomical. So Alabama, that is. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I think even in a regular season with 12 regular season games, conference championship playoffs as you know, how, how they currently stand. And if every other team in the country got to play a full schedule, I still think Bama would have beaten them all. I, I, well, Alabama this year, this team this year was, uh, I mean, I know I know we've had a lot of good teams, but, dude, these guys were good. They yeah. were good. I mean, they you could you could tell they were listening to their coaching. They were listening to every, every aspect of the game. You could see it from game to game to game just kept getting better and better. They were always neatly in sync. Yeah. Exactly. They were they were just a really good team. Yeah. And the and the biggest thing that struck out or stood out to me was that, you know, a year ago, LSU was the best college football team 
you know, production wise ever put together that I've ever seen. And then Alabama broke almost all their records this year in the games that matter, like the SEC championship, uh, but more notably the Natty. I mean, shit. Their their Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver set a new record for uh, national championship receiving yards and touchdowns, and he did it all in the first half. Yeah, and they they they're all breaking records left and right. I mean, Mac Jones, crazy crazy shit. Yeah, it was just they're just a really good team. That's all. I yeah. got to be honest, as a Georgia fan, I'm very happy to see Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Najee Harris, all those fuckers moving on <laughs> uh, to hopefully make a little wiggle room for my dogs to come and make some noise next year. Uh, Joel Klatt, who is with Fox Sports, put out his way too early top 25 uh, college football rankings, I think the day after the natty. Uh, maybe it was last Wednesday. Either way, it was as close as possible to the game still happening. Right. And he had Georgia at number one. Well, we're losing coaching, man. We're losing coaching. We're losing a lot of good players. So are the dogs. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. it's going to be different next year. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Well, and the only reason why Georgia, that he put Georgia number one is because we have most of our offense coming back intact. Right. Our coaching staff, for the most part, or at least as far as our coordinators and head coach are all coming back. And you had a lot of guys. Except for, I thought the def- defensive coordinator is not coming back. No. I. I'll get it off. <laughs> Trust me, I'll go through it. Um, defensive coordinator interview with Texas, but he said, go fuck you. Right. And he's staying. It's the secondary's coach mm. uh, that's leaving to go be the defensive coordinator at Indiana. And the only reason why I'm not thinking we're going to live up to that preseason early as fuck number one ranking is that our entire secondary plus our secondary's coach uh, is gone. I think we have like six or seven players that started or played significant time in our backfield that are no longer dogs. Right. So, without a secondary, uh, you're going to have to find one. Otherwise, you're just going to get smoked by the likes of, well, whoever the fuck Florida wields out there, or LSU, or Bama, or whoever. So, long, long, long way off for next season. But congratulations, Dougie. I was, I, was, I was happy that uh, that you were able to watch your team win yet another fucking natty. It was fucking lovely, too. <laughs> I gotta say. It was a thing of beauty. I'm just glad I didn't get surprised by that game, because I'll be honest, I was rooting against Ohio State. Just don't like them. Just why yeah. I don't like them. No, that's um, same here. You know, Justin Fields should have stayed a dog. He didn't. He went up there. I'm glad he lost. Sorry. This is sports. Not... Uh, not a platform for reason or a lack of emotion. It's nothing but irrational emotional reactions well, to a bunch of guys that don't know you. You're a Michigan fan, so that yeah. kind of helps well, hating the Buckeyes. Well, I'll, I'll put a caveat on that. I grew up a Michigan fan because Desmond Howard was the greatest football player that right. I ever grew up watching as far as in college, and he was on Michigan. And my parents did live in the, well, greater Detroit area, and... So there was a reason to root for a Michigan team, and it kind of comes part and parcel. If you're going to root for Michigan, you have to root against Ohio State. Just like if you root for Alabama, you have to root against Auburn. Right. You root for Georgia, you have to root against Florida right. and Georgia Tech. There's there's these built-in 
sports, you know, dynamics that you have to respect if you're going to claim that you're yeah, a fan the of the rivalry. A team. It's yeah. the built. It's yeah. Yeah, you can't pick it's and automatic. choose. Like I'm going to like this team, but I'm not going to respect any of their tradition. Right. It's like, well, then get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right. You're not a fucking fan. Yeah. I mean, we have rules here, damn it. Yeah. According to my family, if you talk to them, they'd probably actually put me on the side of being a fan of the Buckeyes because last time we talked about the issue, I still was, but that was a long time ago. Uh, I still have some residual hatred for my ex-fiance that was a huge uh, Buckeyes fan, and so that flipped me from being a fan to go fuck yourself. Yeah, well, and also the years that they had Urban Meyer up there. See, that mm. that gets grandfathered in hatred from his time at Florida. Mm-hmm. So Ohio State hasn't done anything to lend my support for them. They've only bolstered reasons why I should root against them. So right. I will root against them uh, for the foreseeable future. I don't give a fuck if Michigan doesn't win another game for the next 25 years. I'm still not going to all of a sudden start picking up Ohio State's balls. Yeah. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, there's a difference between being a fan of football and a fan of a football team. You know, I mean, I like any good football game. I don't give a shit who it is. I can watch a high school football game and not even know who either one of the teams are Mm -hmm. and enjoy the shit out of it. As long as it's a good game. Yeah, if it's a good game, that's all I really give a shit about. But when it comes down to your team... You know, then you're yeah, just like you said, you're on a different, you're in a different level, yeah. especially when it comes to rivalry. Yeah. You know, you, you see things differently. It's a you, different level. You grade things differently. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it makes sense to me. Yeah. Totally yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah, to me. Yeah. yeah. Cause also as a, as a Falcons fan, their season was over. <clears throat> I think I declared their season over after like week two. So I was all, I was immediately just, I was still watching NFL games, but only because I wanted to see a good game and now we're in the playoffs. And so I have to pick a team on the fly and it might change. I might root for one team one week and right. root against them the next week. Right. Cause I have nothing invested. Yeah. Hey, I have nothing. In, well, not anymore. Uh, you know, the dolphins, uh, the dolphins had a great season. You know, there's some rumors going around that, uh, they're, they might get rid of Tua. I don't think they will, but they're talking about trading Tua. Hmm. And uh, which I don't think they will. You think they might trade him to like the Texans and the pick Texans? Up Desha- yes, Deshaun Watson. Yes. Yeah, I that's, can see that. That's what they're. That's the biggest thing going on right now. But I don't think they'll do it. I mean, they might do it, but I don't think they'll do it. The thing that's really fucked up about it is they're having uh, all these reports now that guys on the team don't have any confidence in Tua as a quarterback, mm-hmm. and that's fucked up, man. That's when you put that shit out publicly, you know, and uh, even if it's just one or two guys on the team, mm-hmm. uh, that shit don't need to be public. With that being published out in the public, it makes the trade even that much more likely now. Because well, who's going to want to play for guys that don't believe in you? You know, I mean, sure, it's a, it's, it's just a fucked up situation that we got going well, on right now. This was what the first or second season that he, you know, yeah, was, this is his first, yeah, yeah his first I, season. I mean, but how can and he's, you? And he's six and three, dude. At a six yeah. and three record, if everybody's looking for a, a Marino rookie year, I mean, he did as close as anybody. You know, I mean, he did. Well, give him a chance to do what basically Josh Allen did, where it's, you know, very slow start, uh, not a lot of confidence, but came back and, you know, you can tell he put a lot of work into it during the offseason. And it's a fucked up year. But you, know, yeah. but you gotta understand, 
everything works against him. It's the NFL. Yeah, it's, I know. It's it does. now, you know, I think Jerry Glanfield, <gasps> I think Jerry, Glen, I think Jerry Glanfield said it best. He was like, and I think it was Jerry Glen, Glanfield. It could be somebody else, but he said that NFL, that stands for not for long. Yes. They, there's no patience in the NFL. And speaking yeah. of the NFL, we are watching a game live while we're doing this. So uh, I just saw a brutal hit. Well, what uh, game is it, Dougie? <laughs> it is the the uh, Tampa Bay fucking ears against the New Orleans <laughs> the New Orleans Aints. Taints. Uh, I like taints. Yeah, taints. Yeah. Okay, uh, taints yeah, and the fucking ears. As but, a Falcons fan, I hate both of these teams, and I. Uh, this is going to sound bad, but I'm hoping that the medics get a workout. Tampa Bay, you know. Uh, living in the area and place you know when i was back when i was down there i wanted to uh i wanted to love them but i couldn't yeah that's what i saw (laughs) 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 but uh i did i wanted to love them i wanted to support them i want to love the falcons i don't love the falcons but the Falcons are an NFC team. I'm an AFC guy. always have been. So I really don't give a fuck about anything in the NFC. So if I'm going to live in Atlanta, I might as well root for the Falcons. Yeah. But if the Falcons wind up in the Super Bowl against the Dolphins, then, hey, you know, things are going to get nasty. I mean, I do have a deep-seated seated hatred uh, for Tom Brady. However, I... It's almost evened out by my love for Bruce Arians. So I'm almost kind of, you know, hoping that the Buccaneers are the ones that, that take it. So I got to ask you, what's what's this obsession with Bruce Arians? Like, what did he bring the Cardinals that uh, would would equal your allegiance to him? I don't think it's necessarily anything that he brought the Cardinals while he was there. I think given the time, he uh, certainly would have been able to bring more to the Cardinals. Uh, It's just the unfortunate situation was that Steve Keim uh, did not take a lot of his suggestions. Is that the owner? Yeah, uh, he's general manager. And so um, he's the reason why um, Bruce Arians uh, retired. Or said he was retiring Mm -hmm. uh, so that he could get out of the rest of his contract in Arizona. um, Because, yeah, front office was pissing him the fuck off. So he takes the season off and then comes back with Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. And so, um, no, I mean, he was a fantastic coach uh, when uh, during his time with Indianapolis. Um, As the interim, he almost uh, won the Super Bowl for him. Or did, did he or didn't he? I don't know. Either way. He has all the earmarks for an amazing coach. And um, so I I would love to see him go far. Plus, I mean, listen to any interview, and the guy sounds humble as fuck. And so, I I mean, it's all that stacked together that makes me uh, love Bruce Arians. See, that's too much reason in in an unreasonable world of sports. I would hate the man for leaving my fucking team to stay in the NFC where my team still resides. I understood for the fact that I also have, it's not a hatred for Steve Keim, but you know, the, the guy did lead the team astray for two to three seasons. At least I I think he's received some brownie points back, uh, with his shifting around with, uh, 
you know, dumping Rosen, which at first I thought was a dick move and shouldn't have happened. But Kyler Murray, I think, is going to be a much better resource to the team uh, than uh, Rosen ever would have been. Yeah. So see, like for me, the Falcons old coach, Dan Quinn, just got hired on as the Cowboys defensive coordinator. Dan Quinn's a good guy, but I hope that Dallas gets the most score, uh, most points scored on him uh, of all time next year. Because fuck him, he <clears throat> he didn't win. Uh, he had one good season, then everything else was shit. So, yeah, sure, good luck, I guess. But uh, you're you're dead to me. You're not helping my team. Therefore, I have nothing left to do with you. I still find that funny that you think my explanation for my drawn out love for Bruce Arians is strange compared to your long drawn out explanation of why you hate the Saints. Oh, I just hate them because they're our biggest rival and they're in the dirtiest city and their coach is a piece of shit. And when Katrina hit New Orleans, Atlanta got overrun by a bunch of New Orleansers who uh, like to come into the Falcons' own stadium and yell, who dat? Annoyingly as fuck. They are the most annoying NFL fan base ever. And they're, they're, most, they're the most in-your-face, uh, most rude, just shitheads that, that's not drawn me. out <laughs> no i'm saying your reasons don't make sense to me you're, uh, you're being too nice to a, a guy that has nothing to do with your team anymore fuck him no trust me if it, if it was the cardinals playing the buccaneers cardinals all day long mm. but uh, you know if the buccaneers are going against anybody else the cardinals are out of it now I, i'm shooting for the buccaneers yeah i just can't just can't do it. Hey, both these teams, I want to see that medic cart uh, run out of fucking gas tonight. Well, I, I love, mean, nothing. I love Brian Flores. What he's done at the Dolphins, dude, in one fucking season <laughs> is amazing. It's incredible. Hey, so, hey, they, they were contenders this so season, if you that's wanna, for sure. Uh, you know, when we're talking coaching, I guarantee you people like him and like uh, the coach, these unknown dudes, these dudes that aren't really big name Coaches, uh, who's the guy from... Uh, oh, the Rams? The Rams. Mc- McVeigh? Yes. Yeah. Yes. John Unknown Mc- coaches. John McVeigh, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those, those guys are the guys you're going to have to watch coming up. Because, yeah. you know, you look at like... I remember when Gruden... Remember when he was like the youngest coach and he was winning and fucking everybody up, you know? Yeah. And then he leaves. <laughs> and then he, he goes away from coaching forever. Mm-hmm. He, wait, he actually waited too long to come back to what he did. Because he lost a feel for the game. But in Flores and the dude. McVay. Yeah. When you have coaches like that, they're, dude, those dudes are hungry. And the teams are hungry. Kind of really. what you're seeing last year with the 49ers and this year with the Packers with Matt LaFleur. Right. He's a young, fairly unknown coach. Also comes from the Atlanta Falcons uh, coordinator tree. Yeah, but uh, when you're coming LaFleur to a- and uh what the not Schottenheimer? What the fuck is his name out there in San Fran? Well, yeah, but when you're coming to a team that's already well established, like the Packers or something, that it's easier for those guys. Sure. When you're building, like these, both of these dudes are. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're building a team, dude, they're doing it right. They're doing something right. Both of those coaches are doing something right. To, to be young, as young as they are, to have teams that are really. Are nobody teams? They're not, you know, they're not, they're not big stars and shit like that on the teams. That's got to say something, you know. 
Well, it's got to say something in the NFL. It I helps mean, when you've got unerring support from your front office. Right, right. And I, I think that's a, what a lot of teams are missing is pretty much, oh, I want to dump this guy. I want to dump that guy. No way. They're locked in. It, it's that back and forth. Speaking of which, Jim, um, now the Falcons landed on a head coach, correct? Yeah, we got a new head coach, Arthur Smith. Uh most recently, the offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans, who somehow uh, resurrected Tannehill's career and <laughs> now has Tannehill as like this superstar quarterback, and Mariota is nowhere to be found. He's on a fucking milk box. When just a couple of years ago, Mariota was the you know the cat's meow, right, right, and now he's not even starting anywhere. In the well, NFL. Tannehill was supposed to be our dream ticket. You know, I mean, and look what happened. Yeah, he floundered in Miami. Yeah. He came into Tennessee to back up Mariota. Playing styles couldn't be any more different. Right. And then somehow they said, I can work with this guy. And, you know, obviously having uh, Henry running the ball the way yeah. he is helps. Yeah, that definitely helps. But Atlanta is not, you know, foreign to the idea of having a big thumping running back. Uh, just look back to Jamal Anderson in our first Super Bowl run. Yep. Michael Turner uh, was running all over the NFL. It's not like that's out of our, our history or our, our DNA. So, yeah, let's draft Najee and keep Matt Ryan for another year or two. Maybe maybe get a, a, a quarterback in the later rounds and have him sit and learn and see if he pans out. I'm totally down with it. Now, we, haven't, we still haven't made our front office move as far as general manager. I, I think they did it. I don't know if there's a right way to do it. If you if you get your your front office guy and then your coach, or you get your coach and then you go find the front office guy that that coach wants to work with, because to me the front office is always going to outlast the coach. So mm-hmm. I would have imagined that they would have gotten the front office first and then the coach. But you know, it's Falcons. So why would it? Be? I want to <laughs> see. I want to see Devonte go to the Dolphins. I think that there's a good chance. Be, there's a good that chance would of be that, that is. Dude, yeah, I, that's all I want to see. That's I've seen, how, that's a, I've seen a handful of mock drafts. Now, what I want to see out of the draft. Now, what you're what you'll see going on all over the place now, even though the NFL season isn't over yet, is going ahead and looking at the top ten picks because those teams are likely going to be, you know, they're not playing anymore for the most part. So right. they're already looking ahead, like, okay, the top ten picks. Who do we think is going to go where? But they always get it wrong because they act like the top 10 picks are going to stay in the order that they're at. Right. And they never do. Teams trade up, teams trade down. So all of these mock drafts don't mean shit. Right. They're just something for the analyst. You know, it's it's a reason to have analysts around so that you can claim to pay them for something and doing some kind of work. But yeah, I've seen all kinds of shit where like Atlanta will go get the BYU quarterback to get in some edge rusher. Uh, that I've never heard of that's apparently like the next greatest thing. And I'm like, you can get an edge rusher anywhere. You can get linemen anywhere. That's not a high draft pick thing. You use your high draft picks for your your breakout athlete, you know, athletic right. position. Right. Your, you know, wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks. quarterbacks yep. Even yep. a tight end, if it's a once in a like if you have a Tony Gonzalez come through, you go after that guy. But right. other than that, you don't get linemen that high drafted. You don't, well, it's, it's like the Heisman Trophy, you know. The Heisman always goes to a quarterback. It always goes yeah. to a quarterback. I mean, very rarely, you know, like Devontae this year, and well, every the, once in a while a running back will get it, you know. Yeah. But 
Well, um, it's usually quarterbacks that get it. Well, Devontae yeah. is the first wide receiver to get the Heisman since Desmond Howard in right. '91. Right. So yeah, they all. It's a quarterback or running back award, and it's seventy-five percent quarterback, yeah. even when yep. the running backs are in play. Yeah, and I then mean, a so, lot of times they. At least historically, up until recently, Heisman trophies meant nothing as far as your output uh, in the NFL. Right. I know. The number yeah. of Heisman trophy winners that ended up not ever doing shit in the NFL was the norm. Yeah. It was almost yeah. kind of like the death sentence, you know, the curse of if you get put on the Madden cover, yeah. then uh, that was just basically saying you've done good up until now, yeah. but now, now, now your career's over. Now you're done. You're going to get a freak injury. injury. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're Speaking gonna... of careers being over. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh. Well, you mentioned something to me uh, before we started tonight. And uh, what was it? What was it? They're coming after podcasts now? So there's a lot yes. of things to, to talk about there. Well, I want to get into this because. So where we left off last week was the, the, the siege on the Capitol. And at that point, just hours before we came on, they had permanently suspended Donald Trump's Twitter. Right. And it was like, wow, that's a pretty big move. Now, since our last episode, there has been an onslaught online, an online onslaught of just eviscerating, purging, purging uh, any platform or accounts on said platforms that espouse right wing uh, weirdness. And so since we went off the air, Parler. Uh, we won't have to give out our Parler uh, account because <laughs> it Parler doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. So Parler doesn't exist. It got purged, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, thousands upon thousands of Twitter accounts have been uh, banned. Uh, hundreds of YouTube accounts have been nuked. Face- Facebook, Facebook yep. has, has been doing the same. Wasn't uh, Ron Paul? Um, actually, uh, his site uh, or his uh, profile taken out of uh, so, Facebook. So Ron Paul was locked out of his page, basically rendering it useless. Mm-hmm. It was frozen in time, and he was not able to to edit it or access it at all. And there was no reason given it. All it said was that he uh, went against community guidelines, but they never said which post did it, how many times. He was never given any warnings, any strikes, anything like that. How the fuck does he go against community guidelines? I don't understand that. I know that he says a lot of things that are counterculture as far as most politics go, but I don't recall him ever saying anything that was even slightly abusive or really um, dangerous, quote, dangerous information, I guess. Yeah, because what they claimed, the reasons why they claimed that they were doing all this purging was because they felt like the material on these accounts or platforms were was inciting violence, starting with Trump. And so Trump was the first one to go down, and then they just went after basically anybody that espoused. It got to the point where they just nuked any account or page that espoused anything outside of the approved decorum, and that being... Uh, that that government is here to protect you and you should not question government. Anything that was pushing back on that and had a big following got the axe. Well, no, this is this is basically what they were doing is they're axing anything that has anything to do with the election being rigged. That that's basically what it was. Well, that's what they any, claim. Any any claim that had and so when you get into that, 
there's a lot of lying going on uh, on the shit, and that's riling people up. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I disagree with it, and I can't say that I agree with it. I mean, with what's happening, because technology got us to this point. Technology is the reason that things are going on right now the way they are. It's the tribes. It's the fucking affirmation instead of information. You know, I mean, it's that's exactly what it is. Everybody's going to go on their device and they're going to see what views and news and whether it's real or fake, it doesn't matter. They're going to read it. And they're going to see all their friends are doing the same thing, and they're going to go along. In the early 90s, I remember seeing a guy that was talking about the internet and the future and how social platforms were just going to be everywhere. And he said at that time that they needed to adopt a digital constitution. That's what he called it. He called it a digital constitution of what you have the right to do and what you don't have the right to do online. Mm -hmm. And nobody ever listened to him, and they never adopted it. And now the guy from The Social Dilemma, he's been on the news all week saying this. Mm -hmm. We need to adopt a digital constitution. That's what, And that was the mistake made with the Internet. That was it was a huge mistake not to do that in the beginning. Well, I and I'd be supportive of something like that if freedom of speech is still instilled. I I think one of the one of the biggest things and especially I think that this whole issue of incitement of violence is total horseshit. And my reason, I mean, there's a case back from 1969 that the Supreme Court had to uh, hear. It was based on the KKK. And they made a um, call in that case where the Supreme Court said in order for incitement of violence to be considered that there had to be imminent criminal activity. It's basically if somebody is talking another person into robbing a liquor store all the way up to the point where they actually do the inciting, Mm -hmm. your speech is protected. So. All the way up to, okay, now point the gun and shoot. Yeah. And that is not being followed in in this case or any of these cases. Because I don't think Ron Paul had a single post questioning the election. Yeah, that's true. Or even inciting violence because Ron Paul is the least violent guy. Yeah. So their intentions, whatever they may be, are being exercised in a manner where it shows what's really actually clearly behind their motives in it. And it's crystal fucking clear. Now, the argument that was going around uh, last week was, well, they're private companies. And I think we even kind of got into a little bit last week with our guest, David, about, well, they're private companies and therefore they can do whatever they want. And to the degree that I agree with that, sure. And they can boot whoever the fuck they want for any reason. But it's never, it's never what they claim it to be. They're lying straight to you. It's clearly they want a monolith of ideals on their platform. And that's fine if for them to do because it is their platform. Now, we can get into whether or not they're truly private companies. I say they're very much not. They're a multinational corporation that are in the pockets of gov- or the government's in their pockets. And they're funding a lot of government uh, activities. So they're hardly private companies. 
They get protections that small companies don't get. They get protections that individuals don't get. So they're not private companies. I mean, I'd say as any far stretch of the as imagination. who controls who, that's one hand washing the other. Correct. However, do they have the right to boot whoever the fuck they want for whatever reason? Absolutely. Sure. It's kind of like a, a, a right to work state. Yeah. You can get fired for any reason that the employer sees fit. It's their it's their operation. Right. The only, the biggest problem I have is I think that it's pretty crystal clear what their reasoning behind it is and what their motives are and how biased they are when they do it. Um, the only thing I really have a problem with is them teaming up and going after their com, uh, their competitors. Yeah. Their competition where they're nuking parlor. Right. Where, you know, you have Google, Amazon, and Facebook all team up and go after Parler. Right, right. To me, that, Yeah, that's not right. That's that, not right. That's antitrust. Yeah, it is. Now yeah. now we're getting into, okay, are you a private company? Well, now let's get into the free market. You can't do that. And Tim Cook from uh, Apple actually said today that if Parler would uh, get their moderation together, that he would put them back in the App Store. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot going back and, and it's forth. It's moderation. That's what it, they're they're moderating. That's what that's what they want them to get. Yeah, you know, the platforms have to police speech. They have to look. And and I know everybody's going to say, "Well, who's deciding what speech is free and all this kind of shit?" Well, look, this is this is my point. The Supreme Court has said it. You have the freedom of speech, but you can't yell fire in a fucking theater. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. So, uh, if anything in the country, and as far as legal and uh, and press and shit like that, if they say something is fake and you put it out and uh, anyway, even it, just because you think it's real, uh, that's not free speech. But that's it's not. Those, it's those, not that's no. that's fake news. It's fake. It's it. It is. Th- this is my. Uh, I'm trying to get to a point here. There's a difference between free speech and conning people there's a there's a huge difference that's why there's a law against conning people now you have free speech yes you're free to say whatever the fuck you want to Mm -hmm. but if you are in a position of power and you have a shitload of people that follow you and you gaslight them people with lies every fucking day Mm -hmm. that are not not against uh, anything but the government itself. What do you expect? But who's of course, making, the government's going to start shutting that shit down. Of course, it's going to happen. But, but it, who's because, making but that decision? No, 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 no. Who's making that decision, though? That's the part that I... No, 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 I no not even that. I, but they weren't doing that until it got to Trump. And they that's what I'm saying. But they weren't booting CNN off air because they were espousing Russia lies for three fucking years gaslighting the country. They didn't do the same shit with MSNBC. It's clear it's going in one direction, and that in itself is gaslighting people. Yeah, I think. I think you, you look, can, look. When hold you on, hold on, hold on, hold on, to hold the on. point of inciting, that's my point. That, and that's where I'm going back to. Okay, go ahead. You can say whatever the fuck you want to say, even yes. if it's fake news. You have the right to lie. You have right. the right to be an asshole. You yes. have the right to parody information. Right. And is and once you start saying you can't lie, you can't say fake news. You're conning people. You're not conning people. A con job is you receive money for something that you never deliver. If there's no financial transactions and it's just a platform where you can say what you want to say, if it's not saying fire in a fucking crowded thing, I could say the world is flat. I could say the the moon is made out of cheese. Well, Jim, those are lies. Yeah, but am I inciting violence? No. No, you're not. That's my point. 
So that's my what, point. So yeah, what you, you just can, said was, you can, was all bunk. You but can, stating you can, there's irregularities say, in the election is not inciting no, a violence. No, and I that, am talking about. Look, if you if you stoke a, a, an idea, this is it, it's very easy to do. It's very easy to do, uh, and then. Once that idea comes, okay, say everybody's saying there's irregular irregularities in the election, and 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 all of these cases that they keep bringing up that keep getting knocked down by courts, keep getting knocked down by courts, and you keep pushing it, you keep pressing it, you keep pressing it, you keep pressing it, and you got these extreme fucking people. They're out there, dude. That's what we've been talking about all fucking year. Mm-hmm. Wait till they wake up. Well, they're awake. They're awake now. At, congratulations. So if if you if you keep hammering people like that and then you say come to Washington DC on January the 6th it's going to be wild mm-hmm. and you're the president of the fucking United States and you say that. Mm-hmm. Then the people the people get there and then you say we're going to march down Pennsylvania Avenue. I, you can't tell me that that's not inciting sure can. crazy people. In, and I ain't talking about normal, logical people. I'm talking about crazy people that are already already drove all the way across the country with their AK fucking 47 or their fucking AR-15. Yeah, they already drove all the way across the country to get to fucking D.C. to be there. And then you give them a speech and then you just fucking take off and send them on their way but the people that that's... is that is inciting no no yes that, yes no. look look Doug, you can you can argue this fact... all day long no your timeline you're wrong no yeah, and this is what i'm about to bring up the, go ahead the, no, no, no go ahead bring the, it. the people that you're talking about that were listening to the speech weren't even at the capitol when the the um actual break-in begun there's a 45 minute walk from where that speech happened to where the um, actual uh, national the the nation's capital is. They were breaking into the capital while he was still speaking. Yeah, the first pipe bomb. By the way, both pipe bombs were dropped off in the morning in the dark. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't the, matter. It doesn't matter first, when it happened. It happened. It very much. It matters. happened. Yes. It, it happened. It, it, it and, happened. And it, you can't just walk back and say, oh, Trump had nothing to do with that. Trump had everything to do with it. He that. had a lot to do with it. He had everything to do with it. No, he didn't. Everything. Look, people have been looking for a reason for years to lash out against society. There's a shitload of them. And all they needed was somebody in power like Trump to fucking light that fuse. He lit the fuse and walked the fuck away. And I, he's still walking away. See, I think that this is this is clouded vision. This is tunnel vision saying something bad happened. Now People it has that supported to do with Trump. Him. Therefore, Trump is the hundred percent reason. I no, say, I'm not I, I'm not I, saying he I is say, I say if you want to go in as far as incitement, it goes it goes back. It goes back to when Trump first got into office. Oh, dude, the incitement goes back 50 fucking years. Look, this is my point. You're, you're missing my point. There's never been an American fucking president that pressed the button of so many people against their government. There's, it's never happened. It's never happened in the history of this country like Trump has. Yeah. And 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 what this is what's so sick to me. All those Republicans that are in their fucking 
that wanted to vote against impeachment yeah. and all that shit, they're voting against their own existence. They're voting against their own and that is the ultimate of fucking hypocrisy. I wanna, that I wanna, is, I wanna, it, it is just sickening what the fuck since, is coming since down. Since we're talking about tweets and incitement, I'm going to read a tweet, and I want to know genuinely if you think this is incitement. Our election was hijacked. There is no question. Congress has a duty to protect our, democ- protect our democracy and follow the facts. No. Is that no, a that's a, No, that's fine. That's not gaslighting. No, that's not getting people. It's 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 lying. It's still you're still lying to people. But I mean, no, it's not gaslighting them. But look, when you have an American fucking president, I'm not the president. You're not the president that said for six months before the fucking election happened. This election is going to be rigged. If I lose, it, it was rigged. It was rigged all day long. He set this shit up from the fucking top, from the beginning. Yeah. And nobody, everybody wants to just fucking push that aside. If you're on the fucking right, push that aside. If you're on the left, fucking go after him. You know, look, th- this, is, this is my point. Both sides, both sides, Democrats and Republicans, they all... Everybody, what happened in D.C. was all of them's fault. Every one of them. Thank you. It was the it was the Republicans' fault for not fucking dealing with Trump in the beginning, start letting him just fucking run ruck shock all over their party and shit all over them. They're done. The Republicans are done. They might not know it. Ted Cruz and all these guys that think they're going to run for president on Trump. You know what made Trump president? Trump. Yeah. That's who made Trump president. Them riding on Trump's coattails, they've got nothing that Trump has. They've got none of the charisma. They got none of the fucking smarts. They've got none of the fucking yeah, they're comedy. Not they're not an entertainer. They're not they have n- and if they think that Trump supporters are just gonna support them just because they lick Trump's ass, they are fucking sorely mistaken. And that's on them. And the Republican Party is done. I, I it's Thank th- God. it's done. I wish the Democrat party now, now saying would that, do the same. Now saying that, I still predict that in four years, four, I'm, I'm still saying this, Nikki, Nikki Haley. Haley will be our president. And I, I, I still say that. I say, I think you're off because the 74 million people that voted for Trump, a vast majority hate Nikki Haley. They fucking despise her. Doesn't matter. Doesn't the matter. only Nikki way- Haley's going to pull people from the Democrats and all the Republicans that are against Trump right now. She's going to pull every one of them and she's going to pull people from the Democratic side because this is what's going to happen. With the Democrats being in power of everything right now, in, in two years, they're going to look, they're going to lose. They probably lose the Senate and the House, probably lose them both yeah. in two years. They're about to fuck up bad. So, so, no, <laughs> and they don't have anybody to blame. But this it is on. my point. This is, this is what I'm trying to get to. All of the all of the Democrats during the next presidential election, they will they won't vote for Kamala Harris. They won't because she will be the ticket. It'll be Kamala Harris against who the fuck ever. Well, look at the and Democratic it, and uh, vice or the presidential uh, primaries. She was widely uh, hated, despised, yeah. Just, yeah. Just booted. Yeah, and that's like, and we that's, don't want this. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. So. Uh, the reason the reason Biden and the, and her are there is a hatred of Trump. That's the only reason they're there. So when you look at that, 
and you look at the Democrats, because the Democrats, with them being in power for the next two years, they're going to do some fucked up shit, just like the Republicans do when they got everything. They, they all do it. They all do it. That, that's beside my point. In two years, I predict the Republicans will take over the Senate and possibly the House. Maybe. I don't know. But when the next presidential election comes along, Democrats are going to vote Republican because they don't like fucking Kamala Harris on the president side, Mm -hmm. but they're going to vote Democrat down ticket. And what that's going to do is it's going to make Nikki Haley uh, or whoever runs for the Republicans. I say it's going to be Nikki Haley. She'll be the president. And then the down ballot shit will be, there'll probably be a Democratic House and a Republican Senate or a Democratic Senate, Republican House, Mm -hmm. and the country will go right back to where it was fucking eight years ago. It it, it will. That's, That's my prediction anyway. And all of this shit that's going on now with all these fucking people starting shit and, and hey, I look, I know you got free speech and all that, but dude, people quit fucking egging people on, man. Uh, you know, there's no, you know, it's like yeah, people, people know when somebody's pissed and, and if you, if you take somebody that's just pissed off and you keep pushing their buttons and pushing their buttons and poking them and poking them and they do something fucking crazy, everybody's like, oh my God, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Well, but, but I, but I hate that? I hate where this is a total incitement on the side of Trump. That is not accurate. Especially it, think back if if we had the nation right now and coronavirus never happened, you know, Trump went through um just like usual, everything was as it should have been and still Biden potentially has a possibility of winning. If that were to take place, and he's making the argument that, oh, the, the election was rigged, that this whole thing's a sham, I guarantee you that his base would not have turned violent. I guarantee you they would not have stormed the Capitol. I think that just as much as Trump supposedly gaslighting this entire situation is to blame as the coronavirus, the state of the economy, basically near crashing at this point. I think all those things, all those variables put together, if they had not occurred, then we would not be experiencing the situation that we are now. Well, that's and that's probably true, but it doesn't change the fact that we're experiencing what we're experiencing now. It doesn't change that. But it's and and Trump did not help it. He did not no, help it. Nobody involved helped it. That's the point. Is to, yeah to yeah. single this out as this is all Trump is where I'm saying yeah that is that is just the easiest way to put a bow on it and say. Oh, now we're all good. No, I'm not saying it's all Trump. I'm I'm saying Trump is the one. Trump is the one person to come along that needed to come along to light this fucking fuse. And what I'm saying, what I would like to get out is Trump is the easiest guy to pin it on that. Therefore, that's why you're Mm -hmm. seeing Republicans turn their back on him. You know, Twitter booting them. Everybody got what they needed to get out of Trump. Everybody, the news, Twitter and the GOP fucking erupted with attention and money because of all the attention that Trump brought to them. Well, yeah, sure. Of course they did. Now, from the standpoint of the people who stormed the Capitol, in their mind's eye, they were told for four-plus years that they were less than human, deplorable, you know, scum of the earth, rubes, 
you know, <laughs> I'm just a middle of American nobody. I don't even know where Ukraine is. I would have to, if you asked me where it was on a map, I'd, I'd write the letter U and then draw a picture of Ukraine because I'm just so dumb. They were shit on by everybody in the establishment. Yeah. No, that's true. And that, and then, so you only have one person to look to who's not doing that to you. And that's Donald Trump. The, 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 the most amoral could not give a shit less about the people who support him person is who they forced everybody into a camp to look at for some level of guidance. So on that, on the foot of that, the democratic party could be blamed just as much for incitement for not giving any attention to a vast majority of the country. Well, and that's what I said last week. I don't give two fucks that the Capitol got stormed. I think it's dumb only because of the reaction and the, the harsh measures that are already coming out because I'll get into more of what they're going after, but I don't, I don't care. I don't really think it's that bad. The actual act of it. It makes total sense to me. You shit on an entire people for four or five years. You, you, you let them get so disassociated from the rest of the quote unquote group. What do you think is going to happen? Everybody involved going back five years is responsible for what happened a week and a half ago. This, they all played a part. And what I said was the most, the, the, the shittiest part about the Capitol storming was the fact that they reconvened that same day. I don't, I don't know my history as far as coups go <laughs> and insurrections, but if you're able to conduct business just a couple hours later, I don't think it was that. Anyway, the fact that not a single fucking one of them on the floor had the fucking decency, if we want to talk about being decent, to say, hey, we were the target of a mass uh, display of you know, unrest and disapproval in us, maybe we should look inward and see what role we're fucking playing. Maybe the, you should. The same, exactly. the same assholes on TV that were clutching their pearls going, I've never seen such carnage after... Six months ago, they were standing in front of burning buildings going, this is mostly peaceful, guys. Don't, don't, don't say shit about this. These are people just expressing themselves. It's so one-sided and it's so clear that if you don't share their narrow uh, perspective and, and narrative, then all of their actions are gaslighting. Yeah, and but it's, it's not, it's not one-sided. Look, look, No, it's one-sided as all fuck. You can get Trump uh, the no, fuck out of there. No, and if this continues and you're still shitting on those same people, that no, you're still, still going to have the same problem. I understand what you're saying. But when you, talk, when you say one-sided, it's not a Republican-Democrat thing. It's those people. It's an that's, establishment that's the thing, that's versus the thing. regular Americans yes, thing. Yes, yes. And, and the regular Americans, that's what pisses me off more about Trump than anything, is he conned the people I love. All the people I love, he conned every one of them into believing that they could change shit in this country. And you can't. You well, can't. That's just being you an can't. effective politician. If you think storming the White House or storming the Capitol or storming D.C., whatever, if you think that is a good idea, you are sorely mistaken. You oh, yeah. are sorely mistaken. You are not going to, that is not going to achieve anything but just... I mean, total fucking hammer to you. Yeah. It's it, they will put the fucking hammer to you. Yeah, so, I said the same thing last week, and and, it, and we're seeing it now this week. Yeah, yeah, is because they they did boot parlor off of mm -hmm. uh, the Amazon servers. Uh, they we've already talked about them going after accounts that have nothing to do with anything as far as incitement of violence or even election fraud or nothing even close to it. Uh, speaking of Ron Paul, 
now, Facebook did come out and say, oops, we got such backlash that uh, the whole Ron Paul thing, that was an accident. That wasn't supposed to happen. Sorry, guys. <laughs> right. We were hoping you guys wouldn't notice. Um, but they've also extended it now out to uh, Second Amendment pages on Instagram and YouTube. If you have a platform where you review different guns and uh, different accessories that go along in the 2A community, the, all of the top hitters, the top 10 guys, uh, Colion Noir, Noir um, is a guy that I follow. He used to work for the NRA. He's now gone independent, and he's one of the top four gun reviewers and Second Amendment advocates in the country. He's got a massive following. He did, a, uh, I think, an Instagram Live or something within the past day or two where he read a letter that he received with names on it of channels that they're going after because the the material that he covers can be interpreted as incitement of violence. So it's not just people that talk about the election right. or espouse pro-Trump uh, conspiracies or the QAnon people. Oh, no. They're going to use this opportunity to move swiftly and throughout the Internet to take out anything that's on that side. Which right. does, it doesn't right. make any sense to me. And Doug, I mean, uh, trust me, I hate sounding like I support Trump. Just, I mean, I, I you know for a fact I can't stand the fucking guy. But if we're getting down to incitement uh, and, you know, canceling out all these accounts, why don't we get on canceling the media? Both sides of the media are just as responsible for inciting shit because they're lying. They are consistently. For example, um, this week they had the hearing uh, for um, they were trying to get um, Vice President Pence to uh, enact the 25th Amendment. And during that debate, th they went at Jim Jordan for an entire hour. Who now, you hate. <laughs> I can't fucking stand Jim Jordan. But Jim Jordan made the point. He goes, I have never said that the election itself was not, you know, above stolen. board. Yeah, stolen, basically. He said, however, I did say that there were irregular irregularities. And they kept on coming at him uh, with the same shit, just going, well, admit this, admit that. And it was a full hour of Jim Jordan, please recite after me. And he was just said he said the same thing over and over again. Yeah. When the media got a hold of it and CNN covers the whole thing, they turn around and say Jim Jordan still supports the fact that the election was uh, all Trump and that he won. And it's like, no he didn't. That's total bullshit. And so if anybody is extraordinarily responsible. The left media, the right media, Dude, all of you are fucking look, dirty as shit. Okay, look, look. This is my this is my point. Sure. It's it's the right lie. You have to believe the right lie. If you don't believe the right lie, then you're fucked. You're not you're useful done. in this. System. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. You're not We're trying to accomplish and, things and, here. And until you're people it. realize that, that, that's that's been my whole fucking point mm -hmm. of this whole shit none of them don't trust any of them don't trust none of them don't put your faith in any yeah. government official any they have nothing all they all the only their only fucking lot in life is existing 
That's their only lot in life. Their only lot in life is to have power over people. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, it doesn't matter. And when you have power over people and over a certain amount of time, shit builds up, people get angry. And then you have someone, like I said, I'm still going to go back to Trump. When you have a leader mm -hmm. of the country and, and they're poking these people, fucking poking them. Do something, man. Do something about this. They're stop the steal. They're stealing your election. When you keep poking people like that, and like I said, these are my people. These are the people I love. These are all, all my friends. I mean, they, he conned them. He conned them people into thinking that, hey, we can change this. We can change. We can storm. We can storm Washington and we'll change this. Mm -hmm. Everything will change. Uh-uh. That's not the way it works, brother. Well, every, uh, and, everything you just said leading up to that, you know, they're all lying to you. They, they, no, they, I, they are. My, okay. It's well, you, the, it's, but, it, it's you, the you, point you, of, of the fuse, though. Yeah. But fuck the fuse, fuck Trump, fuck all that. Everything you just said. Yes. They're all lying to you. Yes. They're not, you know, you got to trust the right light. You just laid out the best reason why the government needs to be overthrown. Mm -hmm. and, and, and somebody it, comes up and says you know what you're getting fucked and this government doesn't care about it, you that's then what else are we supposed and to and this do? is the way i look at it this, this is and, and this is and the way it. i look at it if you if you vote and you believe in voting and you're a smart person vote them out uh, that is my whole point to every person in this country that thinks that that government is so bad and so there's so much shit. Fucking vote for the other guy. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican, if you're a Democrat, if you're a fucking independent, and there's a Republican in the White and or on the Senate or a Republican in the House. Vote for the fucking Democrat. Can, can I ask you? Just a question? do it once. That's Doug, all it takes. Can I ask you a question? Go and ahead. This, and this is not to get you riled up. It's an actual curiosity how in one breath do you say uh don't trust the system you're never going to be able to change it and then vote them out it's totally going to change things don't trust anything that any government person mm -hmm. tells you that you can change the system from in from violence that's not going to change anything you can't storm the fucking, even if those people wouldn't have gone into the Capitol, even if all those people drove it all across the country just to show their support for Trump, it would have changed nothing. So it would have changed absolutely be, nothing. Before but, 70. But if every one of them people that drove all the way across the country to vote for Trump, if they wouldn't have fucking vote, if they would have voted for the other person in their own fucking Senate or their own fucking house of representatives if they would have voted for the other fucking person and got that person out of power then trump would have never probably been there so in the times because once you get no look listen to what i'm saying mm -hmm. this is i cannot fucking stress this to any person that votes that's it's it, mind-boggling to me it is fucking mind-boggling if you want to change anything in the government anything doesn't matter what it is Vote the other person out. Vote vote the incumbent out. Always do that. And that only holds a half ounce of, you know, reason if voting isn't the thing that is in question. And this is the and this is my point to that. 
Hey, it's not it's not going to be popular because there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to be able to vote. But for you to have skin in the game and to be able to vote as a citizen of the United States, you need to understand government. If you don't understand government, you can't vote. I'm that down. It's, it's as easy as that. We should and, all and be it's required. As, and it's as easy as the 10 question test that I said. Yeah. You 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 have a 10 question test and it you don't make it the same 10 questions on every test. You make every test different. I say so actually nobody take can it, fake it. You I know? say take it a step further to the test that everyone has to take for citizenship. Well, that's, that's a start. And, yeah. That's how you get your first voting card. Yeah. And then, but every election, you got to at least answer some questions about who the fuck the, these people are and what platforms exactly. they Exactly, and, and that's if, the if point. If you're not an educated voter, I agree, you should not have the right to vote. Not at all. It's like saying, if you don't have gas in the car, and you don't have a steering wheel, and you don't have brakes, and you don't have fucking tires, then you probably shouldn't try to drive and that the car. the only way to make shit like that happen is to vote all the people that are in there out. So that the new people coming in know exactly what you want them to do. And if they don't do it, you vote them the fuck out. Doug, I'm 100% with you. I just think that once it gets to a, a, a step so far that there's so many questions that have lasted for a couple of decades now around the, the actual voting process, voting no longer is a applicable, reasonable method of achieving change. And that is what you're seeing now. It, like it or not, agree with it or not thinking that the election was totally fine just because courts didn't hear it which to me is that does not that does not reach the bar of legitimacy in my eye uh, because you you had so much shit on video that was irrefutable that they have to start making shit up on the fly and if you were paying attention in the real time the things that were coming out how it was being handled uh, just even here in Atlanta it's like that's not that's not what happened. All right. Well, there's there's too many questions from all over the country. I mean, shit, just the percentages of people, even not Democrats or even not Republicans that think that this election was fucking bullshit is enough to say. And Ted Cruz brought this up before they stormed the Capitol and it was the only reasonable point made all day. And he was like, if we have this many people questioning the legitimacy of our elections, we've got a problem on our hands. Yeah. Whether yeah. you agree with it or not. The, the vote the other guy or vote for the, voting is no longer a mechanism to achieve the change. Therefore, the only way that regular ass humans that don't understand government and that are just riled up uh, for whatever reasons, however stupid they may be, the only resulting action after that that should be expected is straight up over storming. Yes. Overthrow. Yes. And yes. and whether it's somebody who is capable of garnering the attention of the masses like a Trump uh, because Trump is just one guy. There's going to be a lot more Trumps after this. They, they didn't answer any questions about the election. All they no. said was, you just need to comply and trust us. Right, no, That's no. no way to get right. uh, compliance and trust, by right, the way. Right, Because here's, here's the thing that comes out of all this. What it shows, truthfully or not, what it shows to people, even reasonable people, is, oh, these people want me dead, but they'll settle for my compliance. Right. And it's clear because they're acting that way now if the way that they're acting you know as far as the side that won they're not acting like winners there's not a lot of 
faith that is to be gained by the winning side that they did it on the up and up. Well, the, if you, the if, reaction that they're having to the losing side. If you watch the videos, dude, if you watch the videos of when they're in there, they're looking for both. They're looking for all of them. They're looking for Pelosi. They're looking for, you know, I Pence, mean, they're, yeah, they're looking for Pence. They're looking for mm-hmm. the, both sides. They don't, they don't care. They're, they're not, those people aren't, that was, that was those the people feeling, aren't there. That, that as, was the feeling of government. As a whole, letting letting the, me down, letting, yes, letting the country down, being being shown in real time, yes, that's and, exactly and that, what and it was, and that's why I'm not so. That's why I'm just not ever going to be so heartbroken over what happened, right? Because right. I get it, yeah. Uh, no, well, yeah, yeah. Everybody, I think everybody gets it. And, I think everybody understands why it happened. And, and I want to get back to Arona's point earlier when he was watching the coverage on CNN of Jim Jordan's and the way that they covered it. You, you have people that only watch MSNBC and CNN, and, mm. and they're being lied to in a specific way. You have people that only watch, uh, formerly Fox News, but now One America News and Newsmax. Newsmax and they're yep. being lied in a, their own distinctive yes, way. Right. But if you, like what we did, Arona, mm-hmm. uh, I forget when, shit, it was after a, a speech or something like that, and I started flipping. I went to every single channel, yes, and I did going, that shit yep. for 30 minutes. And you start to see how clearly that you're just being lied to, no right. matter what Biased. you pay attention yeah. to. Yes. That. Yep. So, so if you're on the left, you're getting gaslit. If you're on the right, you're getting gaslit. And if you try to be a moderate or reasonable, you're gaslit because you you see that you see that you're being lied to by all sides. Right. And that exactly. Was, that was actually that was the day where Trump uh, had his speech outside the wall. And then at the same time, the FBI, for whatever reason, decided to hold a press conference at the same exact fucking moment. And you've got half the channels covering one thing and half the other channels covering the other thing. I mean, and this is this is the whole thing. Supporting your party and towing a, a party line is bullshit. Back in... Um, 2016, when the election happened, I was totally a Hillary person. I voted for for Hillary. We forgive I feel, you. And I feel like a I fucking. <laughs> I do feel like an idiot for it. And I was 100 percent one of those people that called any Trump supporter a deplorable. And I was rallying behind all those cries. And. The same shit always happens. We talk shit and talk shit, and then finally, when the election happens, then we try to uh, mea culpa. Oh yeah, perfect, it's time for unity now. Perfect example is uh, you know uh, it's time for unity. Damn it, yeah. Bill Maher, Bill Maher, it, whose show now is incredibly unwatchable, watchable, except for maybe. Uh, you know, his new rule segment. Yeah. Other than that, his gloating is just pissing me the fuck off. But he used to be that person that would always come back and go, well, remember, we have to live in this country with these people. But then all the way up to the election, he's the same one touting um, that the other side is deplorable. The other side fucks their sisters. <laughs> the other side uh, does all sorts of shit. And it's this mass division that we are pushing. And we are pushing it 100% of the time. There's no breaks anymore. No. And uh, 
and that's a good point, like with the Bill Maher thing, because, you know, I still watch him I, and I know I'm going to hear a bunch of shit that I disagree with. But I'll, you know, he used to try to make a point and occasionally, and he's still good on this. And this is the only thing mm-hmm. I think he's actually still good on. And that is the free speech thing. Sure. You know, he, he had a segment, uh, Doug, did you watch this week? Yeah. No. He, he had a segment about Trump getting kicked off and he's like, this isn't. No, it is not a good way to go. This yeah. is not a good thing because you can, you can hate the other side if you're on a side because they're just different than you or, or in your mind's eye, they just, they get things, they, they come to conclusions wrongly or whatever. But I'll never forget, like a year, no, two years ago, or throughout the first three years, he was saying, you know what we need? We need to wreck the economy, because that's the only way to get Donald Trump out of here. Right. And it's like, dude, do you understand what you're saying? Yeah, Bill Maher. Yeah, yeah, you're I saying yeah. we need to ruin everyone's lives while Trump is in so that my guy, whoever that may be, or gal, can come in and be the person in power. That's... That is not a person that anybody should be listening to as far as getting their information. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. Luckily, uh, because I'm autistic enough to pay (laughs) way too much attention to this shit, I can hear that and I just go, oh, what a piece of shit. And then I just move on about my day. I I don't stew about it for five minutes. I just go, oh, this guy's an asshole. Yeah, yeah. It's occasionally funny. Uh, And he used to be, you know, I remember when he first started his show, Politically Incorrect. And that was when PC culture was starting to really take root in the 90s. And I remember even back then, I was like, this PC shit is horrible. It's, it's, con- it's thought control. It's groupthink. And you're seeing it personified now in all of this canceling of platforms and people that espouse views that the overlords in the tech community don't share. They're, they're being real big bitches about it. And, you know, like I said, they can boost... You know, they can boot whoever the fuck they want off, but they had no business going after Parler because, like I said, because I am autistic enough to pay this much attention, I read the legal documents that uh, Parler is now countersuing Amazon. And I saw the reports that John Matz, Matzy, the, the CEO of Parler, who's a libertarian by the fucking way, um, I, I read his releases saying, Apple gave us 24 hours to moderate right. our uh, website to fit their liking. We did so, and they ghosted me. They would not respond to any of my correspondence in that 24 hours. So they gave a false declaration and then left the phone off the hook. It's dirty. And and people that are cheering it are fucking assholes uh, because you anybody cheering what's happening right now is super one-sided because whatever power is being thwarted against your enemies will be, be used, used against, against you. you. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. so anybody cheering on this this extension of authoritarianism just because it happens to be working in your ideological favor now, the powers that be will use that against you when it when it benefits them yeah. to do so. We've we've seen that clearer than anything if you have a working brain. If you do flip around the channels to see how how creative they can be on the different ways that they can lie to you. Yes. If you see it that way, you'll have a much easier time not getting to a point where you feel like you need to go storm a fucking Capitol building. Right. And we and we want to say it this time, we've loved doing this podcast. Yeah. But we're probably done <laughs> uh, because uh, 
the free speech police are coming after us. Yeah, so they're yeah. not they're not just stopping at Trump or leaving it just to Twitter or Parler or even two A advocates on Instagram. I got an article here from the Associated Press from January sixteenth. The headline reads: Extremists exploit a loophole in social moderation. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Podcasts. Dun, 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 dun. And so I'll I'll read a little bit of it just so that uh, we can get somebody else's take that's not in the room with us. And uh, it starts with, uh, oh, this was written by the way by uh, Tali Arbel. Uh, for anybody that feels so Googleable to want to go look him up, or her, I don't even know. Uh, there wasn't a picture next to the name, so I, I'll just stay away from that. I don't want to get canceled. I'm feeling Google. The article starts with major social platforms have been cracking down on the spread of misinformation and conspiracy theories in the lead up to the presidential election and expanded their efforts in the wake of the January 6th Capitol riot. But Apple and Google, among others, have left left open a major loophole for this material. Podcasts. Podcasts made available by the big two tech companies let you tune into the world of the QAnon conspiracy theory Wallowing President Donald Trump's false claim of a stole, stolen election and bask in other extremisms. Accounts that have been banned on social media for election misinformation, threatening or bullying, and breaking other rules also still live on as podcasts available on the tech giant's platforms. And then it goes down to... Uh, podcasts filled with hatred and incitement to violence should not be treated any differently than any other content. Uh, gentleman said, uh, whose name I just scrolled by, so it doesn't matter. If you're going to take a strong stance against hate and extremism in the platform in any way, it should be all-inclusive. Okay, oh, well, maybe we're safe then, because QAnon's a bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah. We don't really subscribe uh, to them. And I'm not a Trump fan, so you hear me, Apple? <laughs> are you are you listening? <laughs> um, we're not Trump fans, and we don't incite violence. We don't do that. No, but we want people to think. Yeah, we I, want people to think. Well, I, That's, remember, uh, I remember there was a moment in our, our our podcasting history might have been in the teens, and I think I even said, "Hey, we need to stop doing this because we're almost doing it every episode." Where we almost kind of either close the episode or at some point in the episode saying, "Hey, look, guys. Hey, look here. Come, come." Nestle around Uncle Jim, listeners. You got to think for yourself. You got to be more critical. You got to look for more sources of information. And it's like, okay, we don't, I don't want to get preachy. Right. I, I, I think that should be inherent by what we talk about and how we discuss it. Um, but the point behind this is that they're not just going to stop. They are, they are, they have now deemed Trump supporters terrorists. It's not a far leap to go, oh, they were just riled up. Um, and they were expressing themselves to know now they're terrorists and because we have laws on terrorism, now we, now we have all of the energy behind our legal system to go after any harbingers of terrorism. I think GW even said something about that. Well, I, actually, don't th well, I don't think Trump, I don't think people that support Trump are terrorists. I just, I just think the people in power do. No, and those are the ones going after. Yeah, everybody. I, know. I just think people that support violence or terrorists you know i mean I, well then the left if, has a lot of house cleaning to do if as you, well yeah, they yeah do. like their, their entire uh, dnc uh campaign finance uh, act blue that was really just an offshoot of blacklivesmatter.com 
They've got a few things they need to and clean I up. And I said that last week. Yeah. I said that last week. They're they're domestic terrorists, too. You burn down a fucking police station, you're a domestic but the, terrorist. the thing you're, about terrorism, I mean, that's a slippery slope to go down. And I mean, today, because I was doing a deep dive on censorship, um, you know, there was a case uh, where Obama actually... Um, he argued against, uh, I guess the, the case was called something like uh, uh, Kagan versus Kagan, uh, where there was this organization called the Humanitarian Law Project, and they gave legal advice to um, a terrorist group, uh, the PKK, which is from Turkish Kurdistan, They and it's debatable whether they're actually a terrorist organization. It's one of it those just depends things. if they're our enemy or not. Yeah, exactly. Remember, they're moderate rebels if they're on our side. They're terrorists if they're not on our side. Oh, yeah. No, there is, there is no um, reason other than we just decide to put you on the list. There's sure. no evidence required. Um, but basically, yeah, Obama won a case where um, they stated that any verbal engagement with a, with a organization on the list of terrorist organizations, any verbal engagement is considered material support of terrorism. I got a question for y'all. What's sure. up? Do you think that the people that uh, that they proved went into the Capitol building? Do you think them people should not be able to have guns? No, I don't think it should affect their gun ownership no. whatsoever. Interesting. If they went into the Capitol waving a gun, then sure. But if, I mean, if they're going into the, just the act of going into the Capitol, no, not at all. Yeah, it's going to take a lot for me to give the state authority to remove someone's ability for self-defense. And it, what and about the no-fly list? Do you think those people should not have a gun? No, no, you, and I don't can, think they should be on the no-fly list. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they should be on the no-fly list, and I, I don't think a no-fly list means you shouldn't have a gun because people can get placed on the no-fly list accidentally, just like in the, a lot of these election claims where they're like, you know, four thousand dead people voted. Well, all they did was they took a name and the birth year, and it showed oh somebody with that name and that birth year died. Well, it's the same shit happens with no-fly list. It, well, there was a John Smith that matched your description. There's a lot of innocent people in jail because they fit a description and didn't have enough money to get good attorneys. So right. to get put on a no-fly list, there's no barometer there. There's no due process to get put on one. Therefore, there should not be any uh, rights taken away because of somebody's clerical error. I'm just the reporter. I have no opinion. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. No, I was just, so just was, I just had questions. I was just asking. No, in fact... Now, this might get us canceled. Uh, I think the fact that they didn't have guns showed you that this wasn't a true violent uprising. Yeah. Now, now the ones that are... Now, if all of those motherfuckers had guns, yes. then I think the languages get thrown around could be a little more legitimate. Right. But when you have thousands of unarmed people walking into a government building and being escorted around half of them... Um, no, I don't think that anywhere close meets the description of terrorism. And see, that's another thing uh, where we're lumping everybody in. The acts of a few automatically um, are legitimate for the acts of the entire. No, I know. Uh, that, and that's why I said everybody that supports Trump is not a terrorist. Yeah. Well, like, or, like, or if, racist. like in, yeah. Mini, like in Minneapolis, racist, yeah. 
if earlier in the day when they started to surround that police precinct, if half the crowd was being let in the back door of the police precinct for right. a fucking grand tour, right? I would not have said, "Oh, those guys are terrorists." I would have said, "Oh, they, yeah, they are they're just, just gonna let them mill in." Yeah, yes. So, and then, and then on the front of the building, if they're having violent, you know, uh, interactions with the police, I'd be like, "Well, there's a, there's definitely a breakdown here. Somebody doesn't understand what they're supposed to be doing, and that shows more of, uh, well, incompetence on the side of government." Which kind of bolsters the whole reason why they're there in the first fucking right, place. Right. So yeah, to 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 look at two totally different situations that happen in real time at the same time, to then just say, all bad, and then just chuck it up to what's the easiest person that we can put it on. It none of it meets the threshold for the level of shit coming down on hey, them, hey, in let, my opinion. Let me ask y'all though. What did you think of zip tie guy getting taken down by an ex-wife? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. No, I mean, I would have liked to have seen what he was going to do with those. And and that's another thing. Well, there was a, a girl got her mother and her aunt arrested. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> just, it's, just like the mid, it's just like the mid-1800s. Families fighting families. Yeah. You know, you got yeah. a liberal niece. She's going to turn you in. I my my uncle says a lot of things that aren't really on the up and up about Biden. I think he should get his door knocked on. Yeah, it's, it's you have families pit against families and tribalism, and, and, dude. And that's, that's the tribe. That's fucking retarded. That's that's your internet. But not only did half of the people just mill around and walk around and not really do anything. Yeah, they were taking pictures and but selfies. But I'm and reading shit. reports now. Uh, I guess police reports or things like this. And one of the things that came up in one of them is the timeline, you know, uh, surveillance footage of the guy dropping off the bombs when it was still dark, you know, the, the night or morning before. Uh, you had a lot of pre-planning by a handful of people. You had people with actual, uh, they were performing visual hand signals, and they also had uh, uh, radios. Yeah. So there were people that were there to only go do great harm. Now, because they didn't succeed... Obviously, those are the ones that you need to go after. The guy that just wanted to go in and uh, take a coaster that said U.S. Senate and take a selfie with a cop inside, mm -hmm. let him go. Yeah. Let him the fuck go. Well, they said that a lot of those people are being charged with not... Uh, not Just trespassing. Yeah just, yeah, just trespassing on federal property. Now, my personal opinion is once you saw the number of people there and once you saw what you're up against... You should have evacuated the building. In fact, you should have just evacuated the fucking building as soon as you saw how many fucking people were there. Yeah, And just exactly. said, we're going to postpone this shit. And just, if the people go in, just let them in. Right, right. If, if fighting with them, A, you're not going to win. You're, you're outnumbered fucking 100 to 1. You're, you're only going to cause bodily harm to yourself and others. Yeah. To do what? To do what? Well, Protect they, a building? Yeah. They didn't that, handle it right. They no. definitely didn't handle they it They should right. have, in my opinion, they should have evacuated the senators and, you know, Congress. Right. And the cops should have just made sure they weren't destroying anything inside. Right. You right. prosecute if they're doing property damage. Other than that, let them mill around and, and you know, have the curfew. Go right. ahead and have the military circle them and right. basically say, we're going to cut the water and power and you're coming out. 
And if you don't come out by this time, now you're getting arrested. And how, how about the guy that was actually inciting violence? The uh, streamer that uh, Jaden X. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there were other people that were inciting violence inside the Capitol or at least inciting, uh, you know, getting the crowd riled up to go act in a violent manner. And one of them is a guy who has a YouTube channel uh, that's Jaden X, J-A-Y-D-E-N, and then just the letter X. Uh, John Sullivan uh, is this guy that goes by Jaden X. Now, he was all throughout the summer. He was at BLM rallies and protests, and, and he got exiled by BLM because all he was trying to do is incite violence the whole time. He was getting the crowd riled up. He's from Utah. He was at the rally or protest where uh, BLM people shot randomly into a car of Trump supporters and ended up shooting a dude. Uh, don't know if the guy died or not. Yeah. Now, yeah. the thing that's going around now is that he was on CNN with his little female sidekick being interviewed by uh, uh, Anderson Cooper. And he was like, okay, well, you're just a journalist, so tell me what was going on and blah, blah, blah. And he gave this whole sob story. He's a fucking, like, actor. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, Anderson, why are you interviewing a terrorist? Like, a simple... 30-minute vetting operation by your production staff would have seen who this fucking guy is. He's got a, he's got a rap sheet on the, uh, you know, in the activist community a mile fucking long. He's a piece of shit. You know, he was trying to rile up the Trump supporters after they shot Ashley Babbitt in the neck. And he, he, was, he was saying before, like, as she was hitting the floor, oh, she's dead. She's dead, guys. She's dead, y'all. Hey, y'all, she's fucking dead, y'all. And it's like, hey, man, how about you calm the fuck down? How about stop trying to incite everybody after someone just got fucking shot? Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, I, I watched his entire video. Like I said, autism runs deep. I watched his entire video <laughs> and he was talking about, I got a knife. Let's go in there. We should, let's burn this motherfucker down. And he was going up to every cop saying, there's more than there's more of us than there are you. I've already seen a shitload of people get injured. You don't want no part of this. You should just let us through. And then he would wait for the crowd to get there. And then all of a sudden he'd be like, yeah, yeah. Well, USA, USA, right, 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 right. Trump, Trump, Trump. But if you look back in his videos, he's also at BLM rallies going, you know, fuck 12, fuck 12. Fuck. The guy was just a piece of shit. Yeah. But Anderson Cooper doesn't vet him for two fucking seconds, has him on, is like, give me your side of the story. Anyway, he was arrested in Utah and immediately released. Ah, uh, fuck him. And that's another thing with this whole legal system shit. You got people that can't even get on a fucking plane because they're getting pulled off by federal marshals. Play, you know, getting stricken with fucking felonies and shit. They don't pull you off a plane for misdemeanors, by the way. So many Karens. So you got you got <laughs> that happening on one side, and then every Antifa or BLM person that gets arrested, no char they just dissolve. Yeah. That's also gaslighting. Yeah, it is. That's gaslighting as fuck. Yeah, it is. So I don't know, man. There's and I, I hate to take this back to impeachment. But I'm sorry. If we haven't even say, talked about it. <laughs> if you're going to say that uh, Trump is inciting violence, but this guy's not, I mean, let's call the impeachment what it really is. It is, hey, Trump, we don't want you to run again. That's all impeachment is. Yeah. And they're not saying we don't want you to run again because we think that you're a, a bad, bad man. They're, they're saying in, in true form, we don't want you to run again. Because we think you can win. Yeah. If you're not a threat to their power, you'll get nothing 
from them. You are a threat to the establishment. Yeah. The, the saying, you get the most flack when you're over the target, is true for a reason. They're yeah. not going after him because they truly think that he is some terrorist wrangler. They're going after him because they need to shut him up because he is a threat to their power and to the establishment. Mm -hmm. That's why 80 to 90, if not 100% of the people that voted for him, voted for him because he was not the establishment. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of people who voted for Biden voted for Biden because they wanted to return to the establishment. They don't, they are willing to to not pay attention to all the fuckery that our government is always doing at our expense. They would rather live in that and have some level of calm than to live in this bumpy ride, even if it's exposing how fucked up everything inherently is. Mm -hmm. It's what's more comfortable and, and what make it so I don't have to hear about bad things. I'll vote for that. You know, everybody will vote security over liberty. Not saying that Trump was ever going to bring about liberty for anything. But we've always said this is that he exposed, he pulled the curtain back on how fucked up everything was actually. He, he showed how the sausage was made and no one liked it. Yeah. 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 And, and now, you know, all the people and this is it's way beyond Trump now. You know, it's not. Yeah, the, the Trump, I mean, R.I.P. Trump's yeah, yeah, uh, Trump, presidency. Yeah, Trump. <laughs> We're now post mortem. Trump was just there. <laughs> Trump was just there to get it started. He got it started, and now it's and now it's on. Now well, it's now now you you're gonna see you're gonna see there's there's a lot of pissed off people, dude. Oh yeah, there's a lot of pissed off yeah. people. Well, in the and, spirit of you know, we are beyond Trump at this point. Biden made his. It, well, yeah, go go ahead. I want to I want to play one thing real quick. Sure. And and my bad, we didn't have this planned out. But sure. I want to play this one thing because this is something that I recorded on my phone a year ago off a podcast. It's like a compilation of a podcast I listened to, and they were stating kind of what they were seeing building up and kind of where we were at at that time. And if you heard it in real time, you would have said. That sounds a little far-fetched. Is and this uh, Good Morning Liber Liberty, or who nope, is it? Nope. This is uh, Wealth, Power, and Influence with Jason Stapleton. This is his co-host, Matthew Erickson, who, back when this video was made, um, and he's always very interested in looking at what is kind of on the fringes. He, he, he likes to have his ear to the ground on the farthest sides uh, that exist to try to make more sense about what we're seeing happening in the middle. It's a very unique uh tactic to use but this is a compilation uh that a guy that i'm friends with on facebook made uh mr messina and i just want to play it because there's video components to go along with it that kind of express what he's talking about but i don't know if we really need that now because it seems pretty clear to me but anyway this will be a nice little break for uh for the rest of yous i'm optimistic about the future is because people are finally coming around on this idea. The seat of power in America is not the government. Left-wing people understand how power works. They also understand that libertarians and conservatives think the government is the true seat of power. The Marxists realized where the true seat of power is. It's in academia and it's in the media. They realize that entertainment, if you control entertainment, if you control education, and if you control the news, you get to dictate what people believe. And if you get to dictate what people believe, that is true power. 
you probably heard this term intersectionalism. It masquerades as social reform, but what it really is, is one of the most brilliant political gambits of all time. Because what they did is they created a, a populist coalition of a bunch of different people who all perceive themselves as disenfranchised. They feel like they have skin in this game and they're actually fighting for their own freedom. So they've created a massive coalition that's arrayed against essentially straight white men. Now, there's plenty of people who fit the profile of straight white men. Some of them are women. Some of them are black. Some of them are gay. But they all fit that same profile because straight white man in this context is a belief system. So these people have created this dichotomy of us against them, and they've created popular support by taking over the media and taking over social media. Now, all of the ruling elite, the government and the corporations and the media organizations, they've realized that this is an act of revolution. We are in a revolution now, akin to the French Revolution or the American Revolution, and the, the power is going to shift. So the ruling elite are trying to modify their position on the fly to stay ahead of the mob and stay ahead of the popular wave and maintain their seat of power. Because if they can give these people what they want, they think these people will not guillotine them. So you have all of the corporate establishment financial interests who are now directly funding and supporting these radical Marxist revolutionaries. This is more than a race issue. It's more than a a political issue. It's deeper than that. It's in the. It's embedded in the culture of America. The CIA director, William Casey, in 1981 said, we'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. It's no wonder that 30 years later, everyone's talking about fake news because we have now endured generations of fake news. And the vast majority of what people believe is built upon fake news. And through all of this, they've divided us and now they are conquering. So. Couldn't have said it better myself. So, yeah. Democrats, you're in the seat of power. You have all the seats of power. You better take care of, of the people that you did kind of bring together, you know, all these marginalized groups that you gave voices to and, and you financially backed. Now they're expecting results. Mm -hmm. And if you, don't, if you don't make good on that promise that you made to them, they will guillotine you is, uh, you know, living up to that promise, putting the, our country two trillion more dollars into debt. Now we can get into that. Yes. <laughs> so there is there is some, I guess, breaking news, not really breaking. Uh, Biden is now giving more nightly speeches and talks and kind of starting to roll out his plan for what he's going to do once he uh, attains the office of president. And I think Thursday night or Wednesday night, uh, he gave a speech, a 20 minute speech, and then he followed it up with another one the, the, the next night, but he, he unleashed his COVID emergency response plan. And in it was a lot of, uh, programs and initiatives that he was going to unleash to try to combat COVID and everything he said in the beginning, as far as COVID vaccine rollout and, and uh, additional testing and all that fine, that's all fine. And well, you know, that, that, that's somebody at the helm of power doing some leading, no problems with that. You already had the vaccine rolling out. You already have millions of people getting it. Uh, and we're now we're seeing the shortfalls of that. You know, I talked to my, my I talked to my folks who live in a different state and they live in a state that has a population of 1.5 million people. That's like one fifth of the size of 
just the metropolitan area that we live in. So you would think they would have less problems getting the vaccine to the people who need it the most or who want it the most. Oh, contraire, mon frere. Uh, my parents can't can't even get it. They aren't eligible to get it for at least another four to five months as it is now. All right. And it's likely they won't get it until mid to late summer. And my stepdad is pissed. He's ready. He he wants to drive up, shoot him in the arm, and he fucking goes because he he wants to he wants to come down here and see his fucking family. Right. Like right. he's driving him mad. And but he's not allowed. He can't do that. State regulations are different. The, the, everything with the vaccine, and you'll see a lot more of this because it's already existing. You're seeing a, a variation between the efficiency uh, of the vaccine being rolled out. You know, Texas is doing way better than California, right? And Florida is doing terrible. But you know, uh, Maine that has a low population is possibly doing the worst, All right? But it's only because the state of Maine has their own guidelines of if once you get a shot. And, you know, it's the two-shot right, uh, vaccine, right. but on both shots, you get that shot, you have to sit and stay and be monitored for at least an hour to make sure you don't have any negative side effects. Right, right. Now, that's mandated. You don't have an option in that. Yeah. My stepdad, if, if, if you are over 60 or over 65, you know your medical background. You know what fucks with you. You know what you can take, what you can't. My stepdad... He's like, I just want to drive up and take it. I know what's in it. It's not going to fuck with me, but they won't let me, and they won't even let me go get it for five months. Right. And uh, and, and obviously, he's not liking it, so therefore, he's not going to have a lot of rosy depictions of it. But uh, obviously, there's problems getting this thing out to the people who right. want it and who need it. So everything that Biden said in the beginning, as far as how he's going to try to federally mandate uh, you know, access to the vaccine to help this rollout... Totally fine with. Yeah. I don't plan on getting the vaccine. I don't want it. I don't I, I don't think I need it. I think that the people who do want it and need it should get it way ahead of me. Like put me in the back of the bus. I'm cool with that. Was it is it Sweden or somewhere like that where twenty nine people have died? Fifty five fifty five people have died. I saw a, a, a report that uh since I don't know the exact country. I don't know yeah. if I read the same article as you. Right. But I did see a report where like fifty five people have died recently right after getting the vaccine, vaccine after getting the vaccine yeah and they're investigating it i saw where well see and that's a lot of that is the is the drug companies what they're responsible for you know how are they well yeah you can't sue they, them yeah, they're not you, liable you, yeah anything. you can't yeah you can't sue them and if they're gonna be putting fucking shots in people's arms and you know and it starts killing people what what's your recourse you what can't do you, sue what do you tell the family what do you yeah what do you tell oh well sorry. i'm sorry sorry the uh, sorry, uh, uh, we we'll didn't get think, it better next. Uh, we didn't think the vaccine was going to kill them, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this whole vaccine thing is crazy to me. Anyway, I mean, to do it in a year, what usually takes twenty years, is scary enough. That's and, and that's <laughs> another big reason why I don't want to take it. Yeah, and, and 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 that still kind of falls in line with what's tolerable language on the internet. You know, if I if I just happen to post now, I wouldn't because I just don't post a lot. You know, I don't, I don't post pictures of my meals or my daily thoughts or, you know, things that I don't really think are necessary for others to know. Um, but if I were to post, Hey, I think there's something a little squirrely about this vaccine that canceled. Kinda, exactly. That, that, you know, that's not free speech. You're in, you're inciting fear about something that people need to take. And, you know, that's where we, I, 
anyway, I don't want to go back into that rabbit hole, but um, <laughs> that does therein lies my problem with censorship altogether. But the vaccine portion of what Biden said, I had no problem with no. because there's no precedent for this. Sure. There's enough people that want it and will take it. And you know, once enough people take it, you know, if we can open back up, you know, yeah, use them as guinea pigs all fucking day. As long as it's voluntary, I don't care. My big fear is that it's not going to be voluntary. And if you want to move around this country at all, you're going to have to get it. And that's where I have an issue. All right. But we'll deal with that when we get to it. So the first half of his speech, I, I agree with you, Doug. I thought it was great. I remember you called me to say, hey, did you see this speech? Right. I've been waiting for yeah. this all day. He had a lot of good things to say. And uh, other than his low ass energy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna yeah, no be. It's, this is a cold, you know, tub of water to the face from watching <laughs> Trump at his rallies yeah. to Biden. Yeah, dude, peaks and valleys on the like. He comes in, he kind of like he's got that bouncy yeah. energy. Yeah. He's like, hey, hey, how you doing, Jack? Yeah, hey, like, it's, it's Jim. But it's anyway. hilarious when he gets into that place where he forgets where he is, yeah. and he almost goes monotone. There's there's nothing behind what he says. It's just like, and I think the thing that we're going to see, <laughs> and then he goes right back into some energy. It's like peaks and valleys. It's just and the amazing. Are fucking weird. It's just amazing that since 2000, only 25 percent of our presidents were actually able to speak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fucking hell. Yeah. So. So he, he starts with that. That's all well and good. But I got to tell you, Doug, the rest of his speech, I really didn't like. Oh, In no, fact, I, I, I didn't like it at all. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're talking about, you know, busting up the fucking federal deficit and shit, then you're, yes. Yeah. That was you're gonna, you're gonna, quite scary. Well, look. Well, Look, first of all, let's talk, let's, let's lay out the key. On that, we've been on that road for four fucking, well, shit, but, for 30 years. But the key things that he rolled out in his uh, coronavirus emergency response. Now, I just went over about what I liked because it actually had shit to do with coronavirus. Right. Everything after this had fuck all deal yeah. to do with coronavirus. This is him. This is the, the pork getting lodged into, you know, the original reason why this was even necessary to begin with. And... I'll go ahead and get to the biggest one because there's no sense in stair-stepping this thing. He wants to, and he likely will, implement a $15 an hour federal minimum wage, which I think is fucking atrociously retarded in every economic sense of the word. I think it's going to do vastly more damage, which I think he's fully aware of. Um, But I think the damage that will be done will lend him a much more dependable voter base which is why I think he's evil for doing it. Well, I think what's going to happen there, and I, I I think that the $15 an hour thing will be only for a full-time job, and you're going to see a lot of people's hours get cut to a part-time position where they don't have to pay them $15 an hour. That's what I think is going to happen. Well, and that. even if it wasn't tenuous on it being a full-time job, you're never going to be able to, to obtain full-time employment because – a couple things are going to happen. Or it's going to be a lot more difficult. Right. A couple of yes. things are going to happen. They're going to cut your hours. It's guaranteed. That's what I'd and say. And they're going to cut their employ- employee numbers. So if you're not a full-time employee, you're not going to get the benefits. You're not going to get the, the insurance. You're not going to get the time off. You're not going to get all this shit. So he already, and then he comes right behind it and says, federal, uh, what was it, 17 weeks of 
paid leave. Yeah. 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 What the fuck are you talking about, dude? That's three and a half fucking months of the year. Right. You're going to make everyone teachers now? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and not only that, so now you're forcing companies to have to pay for over a quarter of the year of not being productive, $15 an hour to somebody, regardless if they bring $15 an hour value or output. Because if you're making $15 an hour, your output has to be that of greater greater than $15 of value to the company. Right. And I'm yes. curious. I mean, does that, and this is not something I don't think we can answer at this point, but does that time include FMLA? I mean, what if somebody piles on that on um, the time that they'll take out for FMLA, which is about as much, if not more, um, than that 17-week uh, period? I mean, that's fucking crazy well the fact that this that this is coming from federal government you know it's going to be just fucking atrociously handled and not only that now he didn't go through this but if you looked up his actual plan and got down into the nitty-gritty you saw a fucking trove of even worse ideas oh it's going to become so awesome to be childbearers now. I mean, let's just start pumping out kids because you're going to get paid. So I'm going to read this out of the Washington Post. Uh, there's an article about his uh, coronavirus emergency response plan. And if you scroll down, it's somewhere inside the article. But uh, it says, I'm going to jump in midstream. And a major expansion of tax credits is also included in Biden's proposal for children and lower income workers. Biden's plan would expand a tax credit for children to $3,600 a year per child under six, as well as $3,000 a year per child under 17. It would also extend eligibility for the credit to millions of very poor families and would dramatically boost the earned income tax credit, a benefit wor for workers from $530 to $1,500. Match.com, here I come. So what you're saying there is that poor people with a shitload of kids will now get paid and incentivized not to work and have more kids. We've already seen how this works out with the welfare initiative. You're, you're forcing companies that they can't pay them less than $15 an hour. So what you're, what you're, the result of this, now all this sounds great. More money for poor people and more money for kids. How could you hate the poor and the kids? And don't you want people to make more money that are working so that they can provide a better family for those kids? No, because that's not how this is going to work out. Companies, like I already said, they're going to hire less people. They're going to give them less hours. They're not going to be eligible for half the benefits uh, that come from this plan. So they will be subsidized by other portions of this plan for when they're not in work. We already saw this with the COVID thing that unemployment benefits were higher than what a lot of them were making already. So they had no incentive to work. They had no incentive to look for work. And you're going to, you're going to increase the amount of people that are dependent on the government mm -hmm. and dependent on, and now anybody that speaks out against this is going to lose votes from the stupid voting block that will only vote in people that will pay them more money. Well, and I, you know, I don't want to sound as though I don't support social programs because I certainly do that believe that certain social programs do need to be in place. However, uh, that being said, this type of shit, this unchecked, just throw money at the situation is a springboard to the universal basic income. 
Yeah, that's coming. That's coming, yeah. folks. This is the first wave of kicking down the door to UBI. Because what's going to happen also is the employers that can't afford that labor will will invest in computers and machines and automation and oh well now that technology's taken my job well now I have to get on UBI. Mm-hmm. He's accelerating this. He's forcing it. It's not the market. It's government interference in its truest form. It's straight up communism. And I agree with you. Social programs are great. But they yeah. should all be privatized. They should not come from the government. I don't think it'll pass. I don't. I think. I think a lot of the shit that he said in the speech. I don't think a lot of it will go through. A lot of it won't. Where's uh, the pushback going to come from? It's going to yeah. come back from Democrats. You'll see. You'll see. There, dude. There's. There's a lot they, of they Democrats can't do this. Look, I mean, look, no, no. I know. Then that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of Democrats in the Senate and in the House. They're not on the whole socialist shit and and neither is biden biden is not a socialist uh, not at all he's not is he a sentient being he's, anymore he's, no he's just old he's just old dude he's old and jeff dunham is pulling and, his and, strings man yeah yeah probably i wouldn't doubt it oh, but he is walter but, come to life but what i'm saying is dude there's not enough uh, i mean you look at guys like joe manchin and i mean there, there's a lot of people like him they see uh, how blown up shit has gotten, even on the Democrat side. They're not going to vote for shit like that. They're not. They're going to vote against it. And I want to know what piece of shit economists he's talking to. They're like, they all say it can be done. The well, same ones that they put in charge of the Fed. You know, once the government can print its own money, that's where shit like this comes from. Well, the parts of the speech that I liked was the. And I think this is a fucking great idea. The infrastructure shit is yes. That is that is that needs to happen so bad because you're it's the government creating jobs. Yes, the government is paying people. Yes, to do these jobs, but those people are putting money into the economy. Yeah, and so it's a win-win for everybody. It is when you look at things like the Hoover Dam and fucking and any big huge. No, In anything, I, I, yeah. yeah, the building of the interstates, all of that shit, it built the middle class. It made a middle class Our infrastructure, for the fucking yeah. country. It, yeah, it, but it all, is and has been falling apart. Yeah, but all so, the times yeah. that that happened in the past and all the times that you see great progress when there's government backing it is when government will make provisions to ensure that it can happen, a.k.a. cutting the red bu- bureaucratic tape that was preventing it from happening all the years prior. right? So it's government coming in trying to solve a government problem. And I'm not going to shit on uh, it getting addressed because it needed to get addressed. But mm-hmm. don't for a second think that this couldn't have already been handled decades oh, ago. No. Oh, no. Generations yeah, absolutely. ago. Absolutely. Because it's something that every uh, presidential nominee or anybody running for president uh, was saying is we need to reinvent. And so until it happens, I don't really. Okay. You just said. The same thing every president of my lifetime has come up and said. Yeah. That we're going to do this, I've, and we're going to roll out these plans, and we're going to create jobs. I'll believe it when I fucking see it, bro. I've got an update. The Buccaneers of Tampa Bay have defeated the Saints of New Orleans. There's a minute and 35 left, and they 30 are... 30 to 20, and yeah. they are doing nothing but downing the ball. So Good yes, on them. It's over. So, yeah, it looks like it's going to be the Green Bay Packers, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up to Green Bay for the NFC Championship next week. And it's supposed to be 24 degrees and snowing like hell, yes. ah. which Tom Brady will be used to. But sure. uh, 
the Packers will very much be used to. So, so go Pack Go. I want to see the Packers and the Chiefs a re a, a rerun of uh, Super Bowl one, just because uh, fuck Tom Brady and uh, sorry Bills. The Chief, we'll see. Uh, the Bills are on a they're fucking on a roll. So. So Biden came out and gave that speech. Then he came out the next night and gave a much sleepier speech. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a fuck what anybody has to say about Donald Trump. Funniest president ever. He is Sleepy Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is going to be a not wild ride uh, in the presidency. We're going to go from the most chaotic person in the White House to the most boring, slow, st- 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 finding a word. Back to normal. Uh, not even normal. It's gonna be. It's gonna be dropped from fifth gear straight to the first gear. And we're just gonna be hearing the gears grinding. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's what had to happen. It had to happen. It was Trump gonna happen naturally. It was gonna happen naturally. You know, Obama, made, Obama made Trump. Trump made Biden. Biden never had a shot of being president until Donald Trump stepped in there. Yeah. And then everybody, you know, I mean. It, it was, you know, it had to happen. Well, one thing I find just, I'm again, I don't want to espouse any conspiracy theories, but one thing that I just find magical and timing is now it's a hundred percent. Biden's the president. He's got this plan for COVID. Immediately, even before his speech, immediately after it was confirmed in uh, Congress that the electoral votes were certified. Now, all of a sudden, we've got all these Democrat mayors of major cities saying, we cannot stay locked down for any longer. It is hurting our economy. We cannot wait for a vaccine. We must reopen. That being the uh, great and honorable... (laughs) (laughs) Old Pierce Nipples himself, Cuomo. Oh, I thought that was Beetlejuice. And Beetlejuice. And Beetlejuice, yes. Yeah, it was a twofer. Both I of them are now was... coming out saying, we can't, not only, hey, we're looking at ways to reopen because we understand this has done detrimental, uh, you know, ha- has had detrimental effects on the economy. They're saying, we can no longer remain shut down. Like, who the fuck are you arguing with? And by the way, uh, I don't know, fuckheads. Two months after you went into the harshest lockdowns, when you had people coming out from the medical field saying, this is the wrong way to go about it. You're not going to stop or even slow the spread of a fucking virus by doing harsh lockdowns and crushing your fucking economy and ruining people's lives who will, no matter what, have to deal with this virus. This is exacerbating all of the things coming along with it. Who the fuck was saying that? Oh, you you probably didn't know because they were getting banned off of social media because it was an unimproved or not improved, non-approved. That's easy for you to say. Uh, well, I'm pissed because these fucking dickwads are all of a sudden coming out and arguing like they're champions of the fucking economy. No, you're authoritative dictators that are dipshits and didn't want to listen to anybody that was going to have anything to say to where people could go about their fucking lives. This was the greatest uh, tragedy upon mankind that we had coronavirus. I'm not going to say that it's not deadly 
and then it's not something that has to be paid attention to. But fucking Christ, to all of a sudden now that Biden's going to get in before the vaccine even has fully reached whatever percentage, you're now saying we must reopen. We cannot take this lockdown anymore. Fuck you. Fuck all of you. For anybody that was saying anything to the contrary, you got shit on, much like the people on one side of the argument has been shit on for three years. You shit on them, you silenced their voice, you made them feel like they weren't trusting the science and that they shouldn't be listened to. Well, now who the fuck are you sounding like, you pieces of shit? And we wonder why there's unrest. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. There was an article in Newsweek that came out this week. And it's just amazing because Newsweek isn't a right-wing rag. No. At all. Mm-mm. Here we go. This came out on the 14th. Headline, COVID lockdowns may have no clear benefit versus other voluntary measures international study shows. A study evaluating COVID-19 responses around the world found that mandatory lockdown orders early in the pandemic may not provide significantly more benefits to slowing the spread of the disease than other voluntary measures such as social distancing or travel reduction. Oh, who the fuck was saying that? I don't... I. Hmm. The peer-reviewed study was published in the European Journal of Clinical Investigation on January 5th and analyzed coronavirus case growth in 10 countries in early 2020. The study compared cases in England, France, Germany, Iran, Italy, Netherlands, Spain, and the U.S., all countries that implemented mandatory lockdown orders and business closures, to South Korea and Sweden, which instituted less severe voluntary responses. It aimed to analyze the effect that less restrictive or more restrictive measures had on changing individual behavior and curbing the transmission of the virus. The researchers used a mathematical model to compare countries that did and did not enact more restrictive lockdown orders to determine that there was, quote, no clear significant beneficial effect of more restrictive measures on case growth in any country. Well, holy fucking shit. Turns out you can't stop a virus, guys. Oh, man. Hmm. And, and now it, you tell me. Yeah. Oh, I was. If only somebody yeah, was here to say, I think the way that we're reacting to COVID is going to be looked back upon in history as the dumbest shit we've ever done, huh? and has caused far more harm than good. You know, it's almost like Jesus Christ. How many coincidences in an election year do I need to see before I think there might be some legitimacy? Oh wait, I. I I don't want to get into it. Uh, I don't want to get canceled. I was almost starting to question kind of how we got President Biden again. But who would have thought that shutting down businesses in a time where you have this disease and this new virus going around, which put everybody out of work, um, and then seeing the absolute absurdity at how the government was going to take care of its people, how can anybody ever again argue that government stepping in to be the financial aid of its people is anything other than something that should be shunned and ran away from. Yeah. Uh, you know, the key word and everything in that was voluntary measures. People are more than able and more than willing to enact voluntary measures to keep themselves safe. You know, ruling broadly and treating everybody equally like everybody is equally as as susceptible to dying from this therefore we must shut everything down jim i i honestly fucking christ i i I don't know what what you're angry about i mean the the government always of course has our best interest 
at heart. Yeah. I mean, they they certainly always uh, they they go for the best option instead of, you know, holding out on legislation that they're going to wait to pass until the other guys in office so they can't thank the other guy. No, it, it, it's all above board shit. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, really it's just uh it just must be my low intellect because all those big brains up there making policy. I think oh. it was Tom Brady dazzling you with his smile. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's not wearing a mask. Somebody get him off my TV. He's, in, he's inciting vi- viral uh, violence. Uh, no, we'll, we'll find out after this game that the black lines under his eyes somehow stop the virus. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, no. Uh, so. That's about all I got, gents. Uh, so we will we will end our normal rants there, and we un we we rolled out we unveiled a new uh, segment on the show, which at the time had no name, but now I have dubbed, and the name might change every episode. I don't fucking know. We'll see how creative <laughs> we can be. But I'm gonna hand it over to our writer on the scene, Mr. Arona, for Arona's writer's block. All right, so um, this is something I will start doing every week. Um, It will never be in excess of five minutes, but it probably will be pushing that boundary. But here we go. So I was raised to respect words. My mother was always fond of the music that they held and the independence they sought. My father honed them in his sphere and methodically dealt them to initiate those unfamiliar with him to his gentleness of spirit and immediacy of resolve. In short, I was taught very quickly to respect and convention a word's power. I have been, for the majority of my life, a a lazy writer. I haven't hastened appropriately to, to the stone to taper my use and understanding. It has been a focus as of late to remedy that. And I do understand that that will not happen overnight. Regardless, in the last week, I posted a message to Facebook to announce that I would be leaving the medium as to their propagation of censorship. This news was mostly brushed off because my attempts over the years to initiate myself into the use of such devices of media have found me extremely irritated and neglectful. However, those that did respond seemed irate at the idea that I misdirected my attacks towards a publisher whose liberty is to instill their whose liberty it is to instill their ideas of fair use and remove anything against the accordance of their terms of agreement i do agree that a site should be able to institute agreements to use their platforms i do not agree that they should initiate their sizable heft to eliminate their competition from ability to provide more reasonable forums In the deletion of parlor and banning of dissident views, I have likened this onslaught as devices familiar from works such as Fahrenheit 451 and 1984. 
Many illustrate that I misplace my rage toward corporations and that they are free based on the fact that the censorship in itself is not the state actively censoring us. In my opinion, this idea is extraordinarily obtuse in its understanding. Do people forget platforms granting the Senate audience to consider their ideas of legislating propriety? We have turned a blind eye because corporations have rights just as individuals, but we never stop to think how the government and their unending regulation stymie corporations and, in the end, control them. Worse, dystopia lies in the corporation's ability to govern, and if we have ever been in a position to fear this possibility, it is now. A friend of mine that disagreed with me, ended up stating that the difference between government and corporation have become hard to recognize. We found our foothold of agreement here. Senators and our government at large have become a weapon that special interest groups and lobbyists wield. I recently listened to an interview with Noam Chomsky concerning censorship and a book he co-wrote called Manufacturing Consent. And he stated upon publication of his book, a corporation became enraged at what the book stated and ordered the publisher to destroy the book. When the publisher stated they would not, the corporation, in effect, strong-armed the publisher and destroyed any publications associated with the publisher. This incredible injustice was not seen as a problem because it wasn't state-sponsored censorship. Chomsky also stated that originally, when our Constitution was written, our freedom of speech was protected as an ability to be able to publish information, but it didn't necessarily protect said publication from being arrested due to the speech that they use. Now, the idea of manufacturing consent describes, quote, routes by which money and power are able to filter out the news fit to print, marginalize dissent, and allow the government in dominant private interests to get their message across to the public, end quote. And if this doesn't fit our current model, then I don't know what does. In another interview, Chomsky stated, quote, I don't think the way to deal with neo-fascist groups is to shut them up forcefully. It is to win the argument, end quote. And that is what our country has discontinued. Clutching pearls does not serve to further one's possession of them. It serves to instill their fear of losing them and more that they are nothing without them. Well, there you go. You can't ignore that rant. All righty. Well done, sir. And uh, thank you. Have fellas. a great week, everybody. And uh, to all you guys out there listening, that goes to you, too. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next week. Don't get gaslit. And if you do, we'll be here to talk you off that ledge, maybe. <laughs> Roll time.